Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you're with us this morning. Uh, If you're watching on Facebook Live, write something in the comments so we know who is worshiping with us. We're so glad you're with us. I wanted to let you know some quick announcements. Pastor Sam has an amazing Bible study, along with Pastor Kerry has a Bible study as well. If you need help getting into those Bible studies, um, send a message to the church or call uh, Sheila Freeman, and she will help you get into those go-to meetings. They're great. Um, Also, this is a big announcement. Uh, Our youth group here at the church this Wednesday is going to be on Zoom uh, playing Family Feud against Pell City United Methodist Church. So you can just send all of our kids a congratulations uh, because we're going to beat Pell City at Family Feud. Uh, Our children's ministry is on Facebook Live every morning at 10 a.m. It's amazing, right? I hear there was a dog on there this morning. Our mosaic service is is at 6.30 on Tuesdays on Facebook Live as well. And the cool thing is we've been connecting with people from out of state or or people that have never been before. So invite friends to join us for that as well. Um, And that's the cool thing about our services right now. Your friends from Ohio and Kentucky, they can all watch our church and be a part of us. Uh, so it's pretty great. Um, this Monday, we have a drop-off in the portico. You can drop off bleach, disinfectant spray, paper towels. And all these things that we're collecting are going to our assisted living uh, facilities that are in need of these items right now. You don't even have to get out of your car. We will just come and get those from you. Uh, and the full list of that is on our website and on our Facebook page. Um, That's a great way to serve and give right now. So if you're able to do so, we would love to have you stop by on Monday. Not only bringing the items, but we want to see your face. So it'd be great to see you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are thankful to be able to worship together today. Even though it's it's online, God, we are thankful um, that we are together and that we are united. Um, I pray that you'll calm our hearts and our minds this morning and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to sing with us this morning the wonderful hymn, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. You'll find the words this morning on the screen.
We are so grateful that we are connected through technology, but even more so, we are grateful that we are connected through our faith, through our God that brings us all together. And so with that in mind, I invite you to join with me as we proclaim our affirmation of faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. like to say welcome, and I'm glad that you're here as uh, Sheila zooms the camera in on me. Hello out there. I want to say a uh, shout out to my family in Wisconsin that's listening. Shout out to my family in Virginia who's, who's worshiping with us today. Uh, I wish we all could be together, but we are connected, and one of the ways that we are connected is by how we serve. I want to, to just highlight what uh, Pastor Andy said. If you can serve by helping us collect supplies for local nursing homes and assisted living, then then please do that. Uh, If you can't do that, and if you uh, don't want to get out and you need to stay at home, then take our 111 challenge, and that is call one person a day to check on them, send one text a day to check on somebody and to, to kind of encourage them, and write one encouraging note or card a day. And if we all do that, then uh, we'll all be connected in a very powerful and and loving way, and we'll all get through this together uh, in a fine form. One way that we all still need to be connected is we all still need to support our church uh, financially. And so this would be the point in the service where our ushers would be passing around, maybe offering plates or baskets, and we're not doing that anymore, but you can give online. Uh, I encourage many of you are giving online, and we're thankful for that. You can give through our church app by text to give, or you can put a contribution in the mail, and we will be so grateful to that. It will be a blessing to you, and it will be a blessing to others. Let's pray. Our gracious God, our Heavenly Father, how thankful we are for every good and perfect gift which comes from your hand. And we pray, Lord, as we give our time and we give our efforts and we give our our talents to you to reach out and be a blessing to someone that we would receive that blessing too and we pray that as we give financially to support the ministries of our churches uh, that you would bless the gift and that you would bless the giver and we ask all this in Jesus name amen
Thank you, JT and Trish, and thank you, Benny, for the music. And we, we enjoy great music at Gaston First United Methodist Church. I want to invite you into a time of prayer with us. If you have a prayer request that you would like to, to share with us, if you'll type that prayer request in the comments, then we will, uh, we will pray for your prayer request. For uh, your loved one, we'll pass this along to our prayer team, and we'll put it on our prayer list. And if you have a praise report, if you have an answer to prayer that you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear those. And so I invite you just to share that in the comments section of, of your Facebook Live feed right now. And wherever you are, um, with your family or by yourself, uh, let's all go together and pray right now together. Lord, wherever we are, no matter what distance separates us physically, we know that we are connected by your presence, we're connected by your spirit, and by the love that you have for all of us. You love us, God, and you care about our deepest needs, and so we bring those to you right now. God, we don't Sometimes uh, we don't even think that, uh, that you're listening. It sometimes seems like uh, we're not getting through. And sometimes we might feel like you're getting tired of hearing from us so much. But, God, you're, you're always there uh, because you're a good, good father and you love us so much. So we bring our own needs to you. Uh, there are many. And we, we trust you, Lord. We, we also remember those that we care deeply about who are struggling right now. Some are in the hospital, Lord, and they're struggling with illness right now, and we can't even go and see about them. Uh, God, we know those doctors and nurses and uh, those uh, healthcare workers are so tired right now. They've been working so hard, and uh, we, we, we pray for your protection, and we pray for just a new sense of energy and encouragement for them. Uh, Father, for those who are grieving and, and don't know what to do with it, for those who are angry and they don't know what to do with that, for those who are discouraged and need um, an uplifting thought and message, we lift all of those to you today. Uh, Father, for our whole country, for our whole world, uh, we're struggling with this right now. And we ask for healing. We ask, uh, Father, that the best uh, minds around the world can come together with, uh, with a vaccine and that our businesses can, can open as soon as safely possible, Lord, so that we can have some feel of normalcy and so that people can, uh, can start making their livelihoods again. Uh, Lord, be our provider in the meantime. Uh, give us just what we need, just when we need it. And teach us to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I'd like to invite you to turn with me in your Bible, if you have your Bible with you at home, or if you're looking at a Bible app, um, to the 24th chapter of the book of Luke, the story about the strangers on the road to Emmaus. Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 35. Now, on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? 
They replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it's now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to, to them the things that about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour, they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A little over two years ago, um, our family was, was really anxious about getting a call. And if you're a, a Methodist pastor, you know what I'm talking about. About this time of the year, you're either hoping to get a call or you're hoping that the district superintendent forgets your phone number uh, but we were expecting, we knew that we were going to get a call, and on Thursday the call came, the phone call came. And we found out for the first time that we were moving to Gadsden, Alabama. So we absorbed that message, and we all uh, pondered it and dealt with it in our own way. That was on a Thursday. And then Saturday we were ready to take a road trip as a family, the five of us, to Gadsden, Alabama. I'm sure that we looked like Gomer Pyle in the big city or something. We were wandering around looking and hanging our head out the window like, uh, like dogs riding in a car or something, looking around at the place where we were going to be living, all of the sights to see. Uh, we all wanted to see the, the house that we'd be living in, the new parsonage we'd be living in. Uh, Michael and Allison wanted to see uh, Gadsden City High School to see where they would be going to high school. We wanted to see this beautiful church, and so we, we parked and we walked all the way around, walked around downtown, and we, we had a picture made right, out, right outside the brass doors on 5th Street, those beautiful doors, and we still have that picture framed. We got some, some uh, person, random person walking on the street to take our picture uh, that day. It was a day of exploring. It was a day that we were uh, just longing to find out all that we could. We wanted to go somewhere to, to eat for dinner uh, that we didn't, we didn't have uh, where we were, some, somewhere new and somewhere unique to Gadsden. And uh, one of Tammy's students had recommended that we go to Trey Rigazzi, so we thought that looked like a cool place to go, right there on Broad Street. And so we went there for dinner. What we didn't know was that it was the day of Gadsden City High School's prom. So you can imagine how long we had to wait to get a table. We were jammed in there. And we were sitting on those benches waiting. I don't know how long we waited to get a table. Um, and there were all of these young people in tuxes and long evening gowns and everything. And I was sitting over here with one of the kids, and Tammy was sitting across the way with, with some other of the kids. 
and we just kind of looked at each other and we communicated after you've been married a while you know you can communicate without even having to say anything like telepathy we communicated something with each other that was kind of like this what we have here is a time of transition now why do i say that we didn't have to say that out loud well because we've been through it before every Methodist preacher has every Methodist preacher's family has been through that before the time of transition but another way that I knew that she knew what I was thinking without even saying it is we're always in a time of transition we're never not in a time of transition in fact rumor has it that when Eve and Adam were walking out of the Garden of Eden Eve turned to Adam and said Honey, what we have here is a time of transition. It's just reality, right? Reality. Reality, by the way, is the first one of our big Emmaus mega words that we're going to look at this morning. Uh, reality, that's the first one. Now, it behooves us every now and then to just be in touch with reality because without mentioning any names, uh, you probably could say, don't put it in the comments, but somebody that you know that's out of touch with reality, uh, you're thinking it. Just smile and don't, don't say anything about it. But we ourselves need to touch base with reality. We need to know, okay, here's where we are, here's the situation, and here's what we have to deal with. Um, have you been doing that in the last few weeks? Man, I have. I've been having to have little pep talks with myself and my, my little pep talks with myself go something like this. You know, I would really like to fill in the blank, whatever it is I'd like to do. Um, but the reality is I can't do it because of the quarantining and the social distancing, because of the coronavirus or whatever you want to, to call it. I saw someone put on Facebook not too long ago that here in the South, instead of saying COVID-19 or coronavirus, we just say everything that's going on. You know, for instance, uh, um, with everything that's going on, I can't get my hair colored. Although this is my natural color, in case you were wondering. So think about reality for a second for Cleopas and the other person on the road to Emmaus. We know his name was Cleopas. We're not sure about the other person's name. I happen to think it's probably his wife, Mary, just for a couple of reasons. One is that they invite uh, Jesus to come into their home, and it just makes sense to me that they're, they're traveling together, husband and wife. They're on the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It's about a seven-mile trip, so they had time to talk. And Mary turns to Cleopas, and she says, Honey, what we have here is a time of transition. And she was right if she said something like that. Because here's their reality. They were followers of Jesus, and they had seen Jesus arrested in the garden. They knew he was arrested. They knew that his closest followers ran off and scattered and, and deserted him. They knew that he went through a, a mock trial, uh, just a, a farce of a trial, that, that he was beaten and that he was scourged and that he carried his cross to Calvary and that he was crucified, dead, and buried in a borrowed tomb. And then that very morning they had heard the news where some of the women who had, had been with them and had been followers of Jesus too had gone very early that morning to the tomb where Jesus' body had been laid to prepare it with embalming spices and lo and behold, they found the stone rolled away, and two angels told them that Jesus had risen from the dead. So all of that was reality for Cleopas and Mary. All of that was their everything that's going on. They were talking about it. They were thinking about the transition and reality and really how that reality equals transition. So they're talking and discussing everything that's going on. And just to illustrate that transition is a part of reality, someone comes up and joins them. A stranger comes up and joins them. And that brings us to the next big uh, Emmaus mega word. 
And that word is presence. Presence. In the middle of everything that's going on, Jesus came near them and walked beside them. Now, just in case you're not already feeling this story as your story, as our story, it's not just a story in the scripture. The Emmaus story is our story. Uh, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what reality is right now for all of us. We're all in the reality of transition. Whatever normal is going to be like after this is all over with, it's going to be a different normal. It's going to be a new normal. It won't be, we can't say, well, when things get back to the way they were before, it's going to be different. And that's a little bit scary to tell you the truth. It, it throws us off. It it's, upsets our apple cart. Our equilibrium is thrown off. But hear this second word. Hear this. It's a part of reality too. Presence. You see, just like Jesus came near and walked with Cleopas and Mary on the road uh, to Emmaus in their transitional time, the risen Christ is walking with us now. The risen Christ is with us. So Jesus said to them as he was walking along, hey, what are y'all talking about? In verse 17 can see can't you just feel this it said that they just stood still and they looked at him sad you see they didn't recognize yet that this was the risen lord walking with them that's our third Emmaus mega word by the way it's recognition uh, they just didn't recognize that this was the risen lord now let's don't be too hard on cleopas and mary just yet because not recognizing the risen Lord was kind of typical for Jesus' followers, at least initially. In Luke chapter 24, verse 37, we see where the disciples uh, thought that they were seeing a ghost the first time they saw Jesus. In John chapter 20, Mary Magdalene thought she was seeing the gardener the first time that she saw the resurrected Lord. So, <clears throat> Cleopas and Mary didn't recognize uh, the risen Lord, and I wonder how much we failed to recognize Jesus uh, today, his presence with us. Jesus tells the story in Matthew chapter 25 uh, about how those who have done it to the least of those, those who have fed the hungry and, and given drink to the thirsty and visited the sick and in prison and clothed the naked, those who have welcomed the stranger... If you've done it to the least of these, Jesus says in Matthew 25, you've done it to me. Mother Teresa took that to heart as she was helping the sick and the dying on the streets of Calcutta, one by one by one. Uh, in each one, she would recognize the presence that she called Christ in his most distressing disguise. So Cleopas and Mary didn't recognize Jesus right away. I think sometimes we don't recognize Jesus right away. It says in Scripture, and I've always found this interesting, that they were kept, Cleopas and Mary were kept from recognizing him. That's how they put it. So I wonder what kept them from recognizing Jesus right away. I wonder if they could have been blinded by what they expected to see rather than what they really were seeing. I wonder if they were just shell-shocked from everything. We can get that way sometimes. Or I wonder if Jesus himself might have hidden himself to them on purpose for a while so that he could prepare them to receive the news, uh, so that he could prepare them by teaching, so that he can prepare them by breaking of the bread, because some truth is just too brilliant for us to receive all at one time it has to dawn on us it reminds me of something i read by emily dickinson that says this truth must dazzle gradually or every man be blind so maybe things are starting to dawn on you maybe you've had some time to think and and you're starting now to recognize christ with you and recognize christ when you see 
Christ in other places, in other people. Um, where have you seen Christ lately? Um, share with me. Um, put a little comment in the comment line uh, of where you have had a God sighting lately. Share it. More importantly, share it with somebody who is struggling right now because I guarantee you, you know somebody that really needs a little encouragement right now. Share with them where you see the risen Christ present. Uh, maybe it'll lift them up. I know it takes a little bit of, of courage. It takes a little bit of vulnerability to be able to share. And that's our next word. Our next, the fourth Emmaus mega word is this, vulnerability. I see vulnerability all over this story of the walk to Emmaus. You see, the stranger came up and walked alongside Cleopas and Mary on the road to Emmaus, and he came up and said, hey, what are y'all talking about? And get this, they told him. They told him the truth. Now, a stranger coming up to them, uh, it took a lot of vulnerability for them to really share and really open up. Otherwise, they could have just said, oh, we're not really talking about anything, nothing special, just, just you know, stuff. Because who could have blamed them if they were a little bit hesitant? After all, they had seen Jesus. They had aligned themselves with Jesus who had just been arrested and crucified. And don't you think his followers would have been afraid and concerned that the same thing had happened to them? But Cleopas and Mary opened up their hearts and shared. They said, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have taken place? How ironic is that? They were saying this to the really the only one who did know the truth. And then Jesus showed his own vulnerability in letting them talk it out at their own pace. Now, this is something that uh, those of us like me who try to finish somebody else's sentence and don't let them have the... Uh, the time to, to talk out what they need to talk out. We, we need to hear that and be vulnerable there too. But Jesus just leaves it open and he says, what things? And then they say what they know uh, about Jesus, the, the prophet mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, Jesus of Nazareth, how he'd been condemned to death and crucified and how the report of the women um, had come back, that he had raised from the dead, but they didn't really know what to think. Verse 21 is what leaps off the page to me this morning. These four words, but we had hoped. But we had hoped. Now, what had they hoped about this Jesus of Nazareth? They had hoped that he was going to be the one to redeem Israel. And when I say redeem, I want you to hear the echoes of redemption of the Israelites being freed from their bondage of slavery in Egypt. They had hoped, they had hoped when Jesus rode into town on Palm Sunday with the palm branches waving and people shouting Hosanna, they had hoped that maybe this Passover they would be liberated from pagan domination once and for all. But if Jesus was going to do that, then Jesus should have been defeating the pagans and not dying at their hands. You see, they made the mistake that we do sometimes. They just misread the story. They had seen the scripture as being the story of how God was going to redeem his people from suffering instead of how God was going to redeem his people through suffering. And Jesus patiently taught them the difference. He taught them that beginning from Moses and all the prophets, all of this had to happen to the Messiah. And they listened, not just with their ears, they listened with their hearts. And that's where real vulnerability starts. So in one more act of vulnerability, Cleopas and Mary invited this stranger who was really Jesus to stay with them in their home and to have dinner with them. And then when Jesus was at the table, he took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it. Does that sound familiar to you? And as Jesus broke the bread, their eyes were opened and they recognized Jesus. And now they had to go and tell somebody about it. 
So now on the way from Jerusalem to Emmaus was a sad and lonely and, and um, heart-wrenching walk. On the way back to Jerusalem was a walk, or maybe they jogged. Maybe they ran all the way back to Jerusalem because they were so filled with hope and energy. With hope. That's our fifth and final Emmaus mega word today. Now, remember when I said back in verse 21, these words leap off the page to me, but we had hoped. But we had hoped. You see, I, I feel the melancholy in those words, don't you? Don't you feel the, the sadness in those words? Because don't you feel that it wasn't supposed to be that way and you hoped it would be different? And We've all experienced that over the last several weeks. Uh, some of you had hoped you would still be working and that things would be going fine right now, but you're not. Some of you had hoped that uh, you would be able to visit your loved one in a nursing home, but you can't. Some of you had hoped you'd have a, a birthday party or an anniversary get-together. Some of you had hoped you were going to have a big wedding with a celebration. Some of you had hoped that you could mourn the passing of your loved one with a funeral. We had hoped. This is something that everybody feels, and one of the ways I know that is, is because I feel it myself, and you know, we, we have a lot of people that are connecting with Pastor Carey's Bible study. Pastor Carey's doing a Bible study on Tuesday nights at 630 uh, that's called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. And it's about how to find strength when disappointments come your way and when you're all broken over that. Uh, we've had a lot of interest in that. I mean, we just barely advertised that, and we had like 75 people uh, connect to an online Bible study. Because I think we all need a word of hope right now. We all need that right now. We, we've all had this but-we-had-hoped kind of melancholy we wish it would be different. I wish I wouldn't have to say that that over 50,000 Americans had lost their lives to this awful pandemic so far. Uh, over 50,000 families are, are, are different now. They, they had hoped it wasn't going to be like this. 200,000 people worldwide, it's changed their lives forever. Millions of people in our country have lost their jobs or lost income in some way. It's not supposed to be this way. It's not supposed to be this way. Uh, we were supposed to have prom yesterday. We're supposed to have graduation in a couple of weeks. It's not supposed to be this way. So that's just our reality, right? But our reality is deeper than that. And here's the good news. Here's the gospel story of this. Our reality includes the presence of the risen Christ. Christ walks beside us on our journey. Remember how I said that the amazing uh, thing about the Emmaus story is it's our story? It is. Can we recognize his presence with us? That's the question. Can we recognize the presence of the risen Christ with us, even during these times. That's what gives us hope. So we've looked at the five words, reality and presence and recognition and vulnerability and hope. Do you know which one of these words I really think is key to having that, that hope-filled heart and those purpose-filled feet moving forward? The one really key word, I think, is vulnerability and I'm not saying that because I'm an expert in vulnerability or it comes easily for me or naturally for me I'm saying that as someone who is uncomfortable with vulnerability and you say well Pastor Sam you preach all the time you're preaching in front of all of us now you teach and you do all of these things isn't that being vulnerable it is in a way it is in a way but it falls short of, uh, of, of what I'm really talking about is, is just complete emotional exposure. 
exposing our heart and, and sharing our deepest pain. And that's what we're supposed to do with each other and with the Lord. And I'm trying to learn, you're trying to learn, it's important to have the courage to be vulnerable like Cleopas and Mary did, to open our hearts, to open our homes, to let our eyes be opened. That's how they found their hope again. That's how they found their hope again. And it took some courage, yeah. It took some vulnerability, but they found their hope by risking, by risking opening up, by having a real honest conversation, by trusting enough to do that. You know, we're going to find our hope again, too. We are. Because the risen Christ is still with us. It's time for us to feel our hearts burn again within us, church, to burn with the hope that the risen Christ gives us and to have feet that are filled with purpose as we go about and do his bidding. He is with us. And we've got a story to tell, too. So let's pass it on. Let's pray. Gracious God, we give you thanks that even in the midst of transition, which is where we always are, that we can feel your presence with us and you're patient with us and you remind us that uh, it's okay to work through some things, to have the truth gradually dawn on us. But we just ask today that you'd give us eyes to see that you would give us hearts that are warm and that you would give us hope-filled lives and that we might pass that hope along to others who need to hear that message so desperately. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now we're going to sing it as our our last hymn, uh, a hymn that reminds us of the realness of the present risen Christ with us It's called Christ is Alive. It's number 318 in our hymnal.
may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit go with us all now and forever. Amen. Thank you.